Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast, the original all-turkey, all-the-time podcast with your co-hosts Andy Galliano and Cameron Weddington. In our weekly podcast, we're going to bring you some wild turkey calling tips like this. From there, we're going to go into, she's aggravated, there's another hen that's challenged her, or she's challenging another hen, she's going to cut an excited yelp. Advice from old pro turkey hunters like this. The turkeys typically don't like, I think, more times than not, to travel in an easterly direction into the sun first thing in the morning, especially after he gets up. It's a blinding thing. It, it, it's just like you. It's hard for you to see into the sun. Mm-hmm. So if I have a choice, I'm going to try to make it so that I'm going to be on the west side in the morning east side in the afternoon of a turkey exciting live hunts like this holy crap they're coming teach you how to cook your bird with advice such as this with some fresh rosemary and garlic and then cool that off and spread that along the inside of that butterflied turkey breast that we've seasoned on both sides wildlife management tips for your property especially with turkeys like this if you look at the type of habitats that turkeys need for nesting and brooding that tends to be habitat that can be managed more successfully with growing season fire than with dormant season fire. And hopefully along the way, we'll get plenty of these. Well, on November the 28th of 1953, I was attached when I popped out of my mom and the baby doctor spanked me on the bottom. I went, oh, and I've been doing it ever since. <laughs> I like that. Thank you for tuning in, and now, for this week's show. Hey guys, before we start this week's show, I just wanted to ask everyone that maybe have Mike Chamberlain and his family in your prayers this week. Yeah. They lost their, their son in a tragic car accident, and Mike's been an excellent guest for our show. Great giant for the wild turkey and biologist. And uh, just an all-around great guy. And I know we just recently had him on the show, and he he just got back from a trip to Africa with his son, Austin. So we'd like to ask you listeners to have them in your prayers. And if you feel led to, there's also a GoFundMe page that has been created for funeral arrangements for Austin to help out with the family. So if you want to do that, you can go to Wild Turkey Reports page on Facebook or my Instagram. There's a link there, and you can go to that and help them out but just have that family in your prayers we hate that for mike and his family and we just want to let y'all know yeah so we appreciate you guys helping out in any way that you can and you know prayer if that's all you can do is pray hey i shouldn't say if that's all you can do because we all know that's a makes a world of difference so thank you guys yeah absolutely now we'll get into this week's show
Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 355, Bow Hunting Turkeys and Other Tips with Jordan Barnes. And I am your co-host and the guy who has just revealed, Andy 5.1. And I'm your co-host and the guy who's going to be eating good this Thanksgiving. Yes, indeed. Yeah, happy birthday, man. Thank you. Thank Big 5.1, huh? Yep, so version 5.1. I don't know that it's going to be any better than version 5.0, but, you know, not every version of Windows or version of iOS is better than the previous one. You just have to deal with what you, what you get <laughs> and roll with it. So we'll see what happens. 5.0 was a good yeah. year, so we'll see what 5.1 brings. The good Lord willing, it'll be the best ever. Yeah, man. Well, happy birthday. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for you and hope you have a... a blessed year this year like i told you this morning hope it's full of goblin two-year-olds that just come in running heck yeah yeah i hope so too and you know i I was just secretly kind of wishing that we would have an early arrival in the weddington family and that i would share a birthday with someone special in the weddington family but you know there's still hope the day's not over yeah it's not looking likely she's she doesn't look like she's ready to hatch quite yet. All right. All right. Well, I think but, I'll just call Audrey today and go, boo! Let's see if that works. <laughs> Scared out of her. I like it. <laughs> it is spooky season, man. You it never is. know. Yeah, I, I told her, I was like, please don't have this baby on Halloween. I really don't want a Halloween baby. Oh, she'll be beautiful no matter when she's born. So Yeah, that's a fact, but... You know, last week, my guy who I was in the down down spout about my fall turkey hunting, and come the next day after we talked on Thursday, I got it done. Yes, you fall. did. So I got me a fine fall gobbler, and I won't go too much into detail because I'm going to save that story for a future episode probably in the next week or two. Yeah. And a little bit of audio, but it was awesome. I went out old school, all brown, no camo. After talking to Jim Cassida, I thought, you know what? I'm going no camo. And I had my old school hat on and, and got it done with a, a fall gobbler. It was seven big gobblers together. A lot of strutting, which was awesome. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I've had I've had multiple people like, I mean, why would you even shoot a gobbler in the fall? You know, and I was like, well, when seven gobblers came in strutting and I shot him at 30 yards, it was pretty fun in October. You know, I, I get it. It's fun in the spring, but that's still fun in October. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care who you are. Yeah. So I, I'm in. Bless that. It's just cool to me. I, I kind of made it a goal now of trying to get a Thanksgiving turkey every year in the fall. And I, you know, I got turkey meat from spring, but killing one in the fall, plucking him and having him fresh for Thanksgiving seems pretty awesome. Yeah. No doubt. But well, congratulations to you, man. That's exciting. I know you worked hard for it. A lot of scouting, a lot of boot leather. Oh yeah. Time. Plenty of plenty of boots on the ground for him, and happened to be a flock that I missed with my bow which leads us to this week's episode yeah. after my horrible bow hunting skills were exposed. I thought, man, we got to get a bow hunter on here to teach me what to do. Well, we got a good one. That's for sure. Yeah. So we have Jordan Barnes with close proximity on the show today, and we're going to talk. Hey, listen, I just, I want to bring this up because I think it's important. The reason that I put other tips in the title is because some of you guys may just 
tune out because this is you think this is a show about bow hunting, but oh, no, it's turkey hunting. It's turkey hunting, and you know there is there is a lot of good bow material in here, but there's some good tips in here. So you guys buckle up, listen in, and we will see you on the other side. See you on the other side. Hey everybody, Cameron and I are excited to tell you that we have on the line with us this evening Jordan Barnes with close proximity and we are going to talk a little i'm sure we're going to touch on a lot of things turkeys and turkey hunting but we're going to try to focus a good bit on bow hunting turkeys in this episode but we'll get jordan to tell us a little bit more about himself here in just a second but first i've got to ask you jordan how are you today and what part of the world are you in and i am in dublin georgia large county from Statesboro, Georgia, Bullock County, about an hour north of Savannah, and I'm fantastic. It's uh, finally a little cooler, just enough to kick the skeeters back. Yeah. Uh, they've been pretty relentless here lately, and it's just, you know, like y'all, more than likely, just really missing spring and just kind of going through the fall motions, I guess you'd say. Yes, indeed. Well, it won't be long here. We're over halfway through football season, and, you know, that'll college football will wrap up about the first of the year and so you know then we get through the holidays at the same time and next thing you know it is knocking on the door of spring turkey season so it'll be here before we know it that's right i'm fired up i'm ready to go yeah. i'm ready I'm, I'm ready too i've got some plans we'll see how it all happens or doesn't happen <laughs> we'll see how that goes yeah. I'm always nervous. I, I, I get I get nervous. Doesn't matter how much success I have or don't have. It's it's like every year is like I have no clue what. It's like checking a box up and then pulling out a card. Just don't ever know what you're gonna get. There's there's no doubt about that. Yeah, I was out in the woods today with my dad spreading some seed. To, we have this one piece of property that's been that we lease that's been clear cut this past summer and. So we hadn't been out there since the loggers left, so we went to go take a look at it and spread some seed out in a couple of spots. And all I could think about when we were walking around out there was, man, this is just prime turkey country with no trees on it. Mm -hmm. It is 79 acres of probably, there might be 150 trees on it, and they're primarily in, on the edges of the property line. And I thought, geez, I can just see them. Every, you know, every time I poke my head up over a hill down, look down in the draw, I could just see one strutting in there. So, but of course that was mm -hmm. just in my mind. I wonder if I'm the only one in the world that does that at times. <laughs> You're not. You're not alone. Oh, uh, makes me feel a little crazy. Jordan, we got your info from one of our listeners requested to have you on, Matthew Newton, MD Newton 96 on Instagram. He sent us a message and said, we need to have Jordan Barnes on. Because apparently you are the man for traveling and killing turkeys with a bow and no blind. So I'm pumped to talk. I don't know about, I don't know about that. But I just, you know, I think maybe I've, you know, been, I get labeled with the bow and everything. But, you know, I've turkey hunted for, I don't know, 20 years with a shotgun before I started, you know, fooling around with the bow. And, uh, you know, it's been a ride. But, you know, I've been doing it a while, just turkey hunting in general. You know, the back when, heck, it was in the 90s when, you know, 
the old school approach where we, you know, decoys look more resembled that much of a chicken or something than they did a actual turkey. So we really didn't <laughs> fool with them that much. They tend to hurt probably 90% of the time. Uh, and then you kind of just hunted with a shotgun and uh, bounced around here through high school, public land around the house and private land and just had a good time and kind of got to a point where I decided I would venture into hunting turkeys the same ways kind of uh, with a bow and arrow and that's, that's kind of where it's taken me I think everybody's got their own kind of journey and um, you know it's their journey you know and that's kind of where I'm at today is I just kind of been got hooked on it and uh, it's been fun it's a lot of times it hadn't been fun to be honest with you uh, <laughs> but it's just fighting through the struggles and and uh you just really i really appreciate the turkey the wild turkey and have respect for it that much more with every passing season and every experience that i'm able to have so yeah yeah so did you start out i assume hunting deer with the bow and arrow and you just kind of transitioned into archery for turkeys later how did that come about i can't imagine somebody yeah it's a stupid thing to do (laughs) first (laughs) off you know i I, honestly i grew up always in the woods just that's what we did i mean we we had the super nintendo i think the n6 we didn't have it i don't even remember n64 that much I, i remember when the first playstation came out but heck most of the time it was playing in the woods and you know, over at a buddy's and they're screaming at you to come back to the house because you're a mile from the house and you're just wandering around, looking around. That's really where my wheels started turning. Just loved the woods and just wanted to be a part of the woods and uh, wanted to learn more about the woods, just general, just dendrology and things like that. Then I wanted to go hunting and my granddad had some family property up there near Macon and he was an orthopedic surgeon, owned a clinic there and you know, just had some family property there, and Thanksgiving we would, you know, all go deer hunting on the family farm, and that kind of lit the fire in me, and my cousin took me when I was probably, I was probably eight years old. Uh, It was his spring break down here at Georgia Southern. He took me on a turkey hunt, y'all, and I'm going to tell you, maybe I was 10. I know I had to be eight, nine, 10, somewhere in that line, and he took me on a turkey hunt, and uh, we struck some turkeys about 10 a.m. on Mill Creek in Bullock County, Georgia, and they were across a big power line ditch, and we went back and forth. I was just a fly on the wall. He was actually picking me up, pickyback style, and toting me across the ditch, mm-hmm. back and forth, trying to work mm-hmm. these turkeys, and uh, finally, we had made our last advancement, and uh, he killed one, and I saw that turkey get shot just as, you know, as traditional as you want to see, and that kind of is what really got the wheels turning, and I want to say I, I hounded my dad. He he never really hunted in high school and college. He hunted on the family farm, but, you know, let's just be honest here. My dad was not a hunter. Wasn't avid about it. He played golf. I wanted to hunt. That's my my disposition is one of do it or don't a hundred percent or nothing and i just (laughs) i guess i hounded him to death until he uh ended up finding a guy in our church to start taking me deer hunting Mm -hmm. and after that that fell off you know i thank him so much for what he did because he he's really who i owe taking me just deer hunting on the weekends and middle school and killed my first deer and you know just that's kind of what started it and then i 
I asked the guy, I said, well, I really would like to go turkey hunting again. And he was like, well, I don't turkey hunt. And I was like, well, do you know anybody that could take me? Well, I, I weaseled him into driving three hours one morning, opening day. Uh, I want to say it was like 92 or 93, something like that, Up back up the family farm. And I missed a turkey just as plain in your face sky blue head i remember it like it was yesterday and just i couldn't get it together i mean i only got to go maybe one or two times that year the next year old fella in our church just a turkey killer i actually really want to sit that guy down and just sit down with him and let him just tell stories and just record him because he's just a he's just got this most awesome turkey stories just from back in the day but i went with that guy lo and behold i missed another turkey just had probably a better chance of solving some quantitative analysis question at 13 years old than i did to kill the turkey <laughs> you know i was so shook up you know i only got to go like one or two times those years and then i finally had just made my mind up that i have got to get my dad into this because this is what i want to do and uh i succeeded he joined a hunting club in jenkins county and from there uh everything else is history i mean i i remember going to walmart like it was yesterday at 13 14 years old and uh buying a diaphragm call and i was so irate that the lady behind the counter did not know how to tell me how to use it uh <laughs> you know, i'd say my whopping five six bucks and i was bound and determined i was going to learn how to call up a turkey and kill him and uh i squawked on that thing through the fall and all the way to the spring and you know was able to resemble somewhat of a turkey and that fall and spring i killed a turkey with my dad on opening day he was just there watching and um just a textbook got tied off the limb military crest of a ridge popped his head over the hill shot him and uh from there it's just i've been just consumed with it wow that's I'd awesome. be pretty impressed if you found a, a Walmart counter person that could could show you how to blow a turkey call, to be honest. Well, she couldn't. She didn't know what she was doing, <laughs> and I was upset about it. But uh, that's a long answer to your short question. From there, you know, I've just gun hunted. I mean, all the way up until, you know, probably 2011 is when I switched to just the bow for deer. And I think that kind of fast-tracked me on, you know, learning more about a buck's tendencies and you got to be closer with a bow. And I decided, I think I decided around 2009, I wanted to really figure out how to hunt mature deer or big deer and exploit their tendencies. And that kind of trend, you know, that kind of turned into hunting them with a bow. And then uh, once I started doing that, you know, I don't know for what reason, it was pretty pretty stupid of me to uh decide that i was gonna hunt turkeys with a bow and that happened probably around 2014 and ever since then i have uh you know hunted them for about 20 years with a gun you know the old school way and then i decided i was gonna hunt them with a bow and that's kind of where that whole thing started very cool yeah well, cameron what do we what do you say we give jordan a good rapid yeah. fire q a session here put him through the ringer to start this thing man all right so jordan don't know if you know what this is or not, but we do a little segment here on the show. It's called the Rapid Fire Q&A, and I've got 30 questions that if you're up for it and you say when you go, when you go, you go all in. So that's what I'm looking for, somebody that goes all in on this because I'm going to, I'm going to put a stopwatch on you and time you as we go through these 30 questions, and you just <laughs> answer them as quickly as you can. 
There is no quantitative analysis. There is no no physics or chemistry questions. These are all just wild turkeys and turkey hunting and your preferences and a little bit about you in the turkey woods as well. And so are you up for it? I'm up for it. I'm probably not going to be the fastest because uh, I tend to be very technical with uh, hunting and turkeys especially. So I <laughs> hope, hope I do well, but it's not looking too good. Well, we have a good old Southern boy that beat the record last week. And so yeah. there is hope. There is hope. Okay. So the new record is Jim Cassida, and that is two minutes and 34 seconds on the money. So mm. that's the goal is to beat Jim. Well, let's have at it, man. I, th- I think he's ready. All right. I'm going to start the clock when I start the first question. Wild turkey, right. grilled, baked, or fried? Fried. Wild turkey, on the rocks, neat, with cola or with water? Nope. Number of grand slams? Nope. Have no clue. Have you ever killed a bearded hen? Nope. Have you ever killed a Jake? Yep, uh, by accident. A ten-minute successful. A ten-minute successful hunt on a two-year-old or a four-hour-long hunt with a clean miss on a four-year-old. Two-year-old all day. Favorite camo pattern? Mossy at bottom line. Wild turkey legs for dinner or for the dog? Dinner, absolutely. More or less than five strikers in your turkey vest. Where? State you killed your first turkey in. Georgia. State you killed your last turkey in. Ooh, New Hampshire. Sit in a blind for four hours and squeeze the trigger or run and gun for one hour and not shoot? Run and gun all day. Rios or Osceolas? Osceolas. Osceolas or Easterns? Easterns. Easterns or Merriams? Easterns. Fields turkeys or woods turkeys? Doesn't matter. Shotgun scope, rifle sight, holographic sight, or beads? <laughs> Both. <laughs> Rubber boots, leather boots, or snake boots? Hip boots. Or mountain hikers. Favorite place you've ever hunted? Oof. Northeast. Most turkeys you've ever killed in a season? Oh, one less than satisfied. Least number of turkeys you've ever killed in a season? The limit if you count when I started driving. Out of all the states you've hunted, which state has the most uncooperative turkeys? Mm, That's hard to say because every state's different, every turkey's different, and that's really can't put a number on that because I've hunted hard ones and easy ones in every state that I've been to. I probably have to give, uh, for pressure, Georgia lately. If you only knew how to imitate one turkey sound to call turkeys, what would it be? Yep. On a scale of 1 to 10, how good of a turkey caller do you think you are? Mmm, 6 or 7, 7. Favorite turkey hunting book? Oh, tent pleasing. Who taught you how to turkey hunt? I guess myself through experience and the guidance of a few. Think of the toughest turkey you've ever hunted. Did you ever kill him? I did. Do you prefer long, sharp spurs or long, thick beards? Spurs all day. Biggest mistake new turkey hunters make? Uh, not being decisive enough or being too decisive. Patience, not enough patience. How long does turkey season last in heaven and what is the bag limit? Forever, unlimited. That is a very strong three minutes and 6.77 seconds. Very and he gave strong. like a, a, a long answer for one, but he did it quickly. <laughs> yeah, yep. <laughs> that was good. That was awesome. I enjoyed that. So there was a a question that you answered that I wanted to go back to. Let me see if I can figure, figure which one it was here. Uh, the holographic sight or beads? <laughs> well, I know he I know he still gun hunts a little bit, maybe. None. None. But Dang. when I did gun hunt, I gun hunted with a uh, Winchester HV6s, Kick 665 with just the beads. And I'm not trying to knock anybody because I've, I get it's fun to tinker with things. That's really 
in my opinion, all you ever need. It's just simple. You don't have to worry about something fogging up. I hear about folks all the time. I couldn't kill him because the holographic was, you know, the battery died or the right it fogged up on me. And I just always an 870, three inch HV Winchester sixes with a kick 665 and just that deed. Yeah. That's, I'm a bead man myself. And if you shoot out enough, you're going to miss. It happens. But the more you miss, you learn to get that cheek down. Yes, mm-hmm. indeed. I remember which one it was now. So a South Georgia boy that picks Mossy Oak over Realtree. <laughs> well, I work for Mossy Oak Properties. Okay. Um, but Good that reason. doesn't influence my decision. That doesn't influence my decision because I've worn Mossy Oak bottomland, I guess you could say, before it was quote-unquote cool. But just always have loved it. And furthermore, I just I think my style and i guess if this is a word game beliefs and you know what i think about what a turkey means to me more probably aligns with mossy oak just kind of how they do things i guess it's a uh, very organic natural you know type of hunting type stuff yeah mm-hmm. yeah cool that's my well, politically have... uh, that's my political answer for y'all <laughs> there you go <laughs> very well let's go brandon we need to get our we need to get that squeezed into every episode for the next yeah. several months somehow somewhere. i think i think that should be uh mandatory isn't it, it, isn't it great though <laughs> it, it, it was a decent attempt at a cover for that reporter except the crowd behind her just was so blatantly clearly piercing (laughs) they were louder than she was (laughs) most definitely that's awesome back to turkeys i got plenty of bow questions for you because i just went through fall turkey season and i was trying to get one with a bow before shotgun opened up and so it got me interested because bow hunting is it's it's a different game for sure, especially fall gobblers, because you don't know where he's coming from, which I think I think bow hunting for fall turkeys is about impossible, but I did manage to miss twice. So Well, you're close. Yeah, I, I was, well, I wouldn't call them, the shots weren't close. I was <laughs> physically close to the turkey. <laughs> but How close did you get, Cameron? The first shot was 30 yards, and then the second That's shot good. was probably 18 or so. Oh, yeah. So you're right there in there. It's just, it's just, it's a mind, it's a mental, it's, it's a lot of mental. Yeah, they freaked me out too bad with a bow, man. But well, my first, my first question I had for you that one of the main reasons I don't bow hunt turkeys, and one of the main reasons I've heard others say they don't bow hunt turkeys in the spring. Now I was trying it in the fall. Is they're worried right. about crippling the bird and not recovering it? Sure. So with that in mind, I mean, in an honest opinion from your bow hunting experience, how often does that happen or is it really rare? Hey, i tell you what, I will, anything y'all ask me, I'm going to give you the God's honest truth. Uh, yeah. I believe in transparency and I believe in education and education comes from knowledge. Knowledge comes from experience. And uh, the more you fail at something, you will learn how to overcome obstacles and at the end of the day that's why we're out there is to have that feeling of success uh and so with your question there what i would say is that the times that i have lost a turkey 
have been times when I failed myself. As a hunter, just as owing that turkey, the absolute my best. And it's when, it's easy to say that, uh, when things aren't going right and you have put in, I call it putting quarters in the jar. It's persistent. You know, I, I, I work on my calling and diaphragms and I, I love it. I love everything about a turkey. I think about turkeys just about every single day. Uh, and I try to perfect all these little things that still need work. It's never good enough. And it's just, I hate to say this, Andy, but I'm going to give Nick Saban a, you know, a thumbs up here because Nick Saban talks about don't practice it till you get it right. Practice it till you can't get it wrong. And when you consistently put everything, all your blood, sweat, and tears, and you walk miles upon miles, and you shoot your bow, and you do all this stuff, and you practice your call, and you try to learn the language, not just a call, but you're trying to communicate. What does that mean when that turkey cut me off? What does that mean when he hadn't gobbled in a while? What does it mean when a hen fires up? What do I need to do? Where do I need to go? How do I need to act decisively to get in that correct position to create success for myself? And then it comes down to a point where you have a shot opportunity, but you know in your mind that that's a low marginal shot that I probably shouldn't take, but I've been getting my butt kicked for the last five days and I've had four or five turkeys within 30 yards and I've got busted or they've seen something they didn't like or they, if I was using a decoy, they didn't like the decoy, so they stayed out at 50 and didn't come in. Mm -hmm. You know, there's all these different things that happen and I think the turkeys I've lost, I have lost because I have just tried to make something happen. It's like that quarterback that throws the interception off his back foot. He knows he shouldn't throw that pass. He's trying to make something happen. And guess what? There's a safety that is just playing him like a flute. And that's when I've made mistakes. Uh, early in my time hunting turkeys, I made the mistakes because it was just a lot to take in. I mean, I had in the early years, and I still do use decoys sometimes with a bow without a blind, because let's just be honest, if you're trying to get some good footage and film and document that experience, oh, yeah. you're going to need a decoy. Do I like decoys? No, it's not my cup of tea. I'd never use them with a gun, but with a bow and you're trying to film, you got to get something. A decoy is going to help you sometimes if you understand uh, nonverbal cues and the language turkeys communicate through nonverbal cues, like the color of the head. The, thing, the way they interact with each other, and you learn those things over time and a lot of hours in the woods, and you put those things into your arsenal, and you know you need a decoy sometimes if you're trying to film, but I think Early on, I would have turkeys at seven yards, and they'd just be all over the decoy, and I'd still lose. And I think it was just so much emotion bottled into one experience that I just, it was, the, the moment was too big for me. And that's when I lost turkeys. But um, I've had some runs where I didn't lose any for a while, and I, you know, really methodically practiced, you know, keeping it together. You know, you kill a bunch of turkeys, and you get experience, and it's just like another day. But like I told y'all before, I'm nervous right now. I'm nervous. I had a great year last year with the bow, but I'm nervous as heck right now. Think about next year because every year stands on its own. It's uh, You just never know what you're going to get. So you have to just constantly autopilot practice putting everything together and making sure you take good shots and understand the anatomy of a wild turkey. 
that's the thing that people fail at. Probably the reason why they fail the most at bow hunting turkeys is a lot of the setup. It's a lot of the little idiosyncrasies and it's the attention to detail that has to be that much more in tune. But I think a lot of it, you know, boils down to a little bit of all those factors, but it's just, you know, it's the experience of it all. Yeah. You know, a couple of things there that you said that I guess I've got a question, a follow-up question about. But the first thing that I want to do is say you can never go wrong by quoting or following any advice given by Nick Saban. <laughs> As a bulldog, it pains me to say it, but the man has so many good applications to life and in turkey hunting too. I mean, you know, and Cameron, did I answer your question, man, uh, about that? What, what exactly, if you if you don't mind, can you repeat that to me real quick? Make sure I answer that for you. Well, I guess I was just asking, you know, if I shoot 10 turkeys with a bow, should it be expected that I might lose one? Or if, well, it, if you understand the anatomy, I think that's, that's probably where it's emotions. Can you control the emotion? to execute the shot uh that has to play with it but i think the biggest thing cameron that people i think a lot of people may have tried bow hunting turkeys without a blind yeah with a decoy or without a decoy and then they just quickly realize that this ain't bow hunting deer okay <laughs> this is this is probably the hardest animal arguably i mean i know a big buck can he can be really hard outside the rut but if you understand a big buck's tendencies to cut down inside of doe beds during the rut and you can exploit that well, then you got a good chance to put yourself in a good position. With a turkey, I mean, that sucker, man, I'm telling you, they just see so well. I don't think people realize just how good a turkey sees. I mean, like the littlest thing, the glare off the lens of the camera. The, I mean, I use ivy on my bow and stuff, but, I mean, I'm telling you, all uh, it's just the little things. If I had a dollar for every time a turkey was in gun range but just something wigged out and it just didn't work, I'd probably be a millionaire. Uh, so I think it's really boils down to a lot of those things. It's hard to put one thing on it, Cameron, but I'd say a lot of it is anatomy. Uh, people fail at anatomy when they shoot turkeys and I think they shoot too far. Uh, I like to keep it within 30. Now that I shoot a, a lighter setup, uh, I want that air to stay in the turkey. It impedes flight. It gets them hung up and stuff. Uh, and it boils down to the anatomy. If you take high marginal shot and you understand the anatomy of the wild turkey, you will recover a lot of turkeys. So yeah. it's it kind of, I hate to do it, but it's kind of a yes and no. Um, yeah. it's, it's, bound to happen. It, it's bound to happen. It's, it's bound to happen. Uh, but it's, you learn from it. And I think it's a very high, high opportunity shot. If you keep your shots close and you practice all the things that I've described, uh, yeah. it can happen. It will happen to somebody. But it's not a reason, I think, to just throw in the towel if that's something somebody, somebody's got to want it. You know, like bow hunting turkeys, let's just be honest, you're going to be a lot, you're going to get that turkey with a gun. A lot of times you're going to get that turkey with a gun. I love gun hunting. uh, I'm not one of those guys. I don't want y'all to think I'm one of those guys. It's like, you know, anybody can gun hunt a turkey. I'm not that guy. Uh, I've enjoyed some of my favorite hunts were with a gun. Just sitting down to a turkey, walking, cutting ridges, walking bottoms, striking turkeys, killing turkeys. I love it. Um, and one day I'll go back to it uh, when my shoulders get worse or whatever, for whatever reason. And I'll enjoy it just that much more. But right now, this is where I'm at. Um, this is what I enjoy doing. 
And, uh, you know, it's, it's going to happen, but I'd say anatomy of the turkey and making sure you take high percentage shots. So, so what's the what's the money shot? Like if you could put an arrow, I'm looking at a non, let's go with a non-strutting Tom walking sideways, broadside. What's the money shot? I'm not shooting them walking, but if you can remember Same. that. Say, right, right. Say it to yourself a million times before you go out there and try to strike a turkey with a bow in your hand. In between the legs, center mass. In between the legs, center mass. In between the legs, center mass. I like to look at the bronze pad. That's what my reference is. It's easy. It's quick. It's autopilot for me. In between the legs, center mass on the bronze pad. Right on top. I like to put it on top of the bronze pad. In between the legs, center mass. If you can remember that, and you just tell your brain that, and you practice making sure you got to, I mean, obviously you got to make sure your bow's tuned. You got to make sure your arrows are flying true, straight, it's sided in, and you can just do it in, you know, blindfolded. You know your equipment's together um, in between the legs, bronze pad, top of the bronze pad, center mass. The bronze patch is that real shiny patch on the wing? That's it. Okay. So if he's quartered away, I love a quarter and away shot. Quartered away, I'm getting in some drumstick. I'm coming through the heart, lung. It's going that turkey. He ain't taking that. Um, mm-hmm. You know that that quartered, not even quartered, just straight away in between the legs, center of the body, backbone mm-hmm. coming out yeah. the breast. I don't like that shot as much because he could fly on you. Um, if you don't run after him, he probably ain't gonna fly. You'll see. Mm-hmm. If I run after a turkey, it's because I know I've got into his leg and I know he's going to get caught up in something. And most of the time, the turkeys, I don't have to run after them, but I'm not playing games. When I drive 13 hours and I've got nothing but a bow in my truck and I've walked a bunch of miles and I got a turkey that's wanting to play the game uh, and I get my shot, I'm trying to get on that joker like a bobcat. I'm not playing around. Yeah, that was another question I was going to ask you, actually, was do you shoot and sit there and let him expire or do you pounce immediately because from I, I took a guy last year and he killed a turkey with a bow in the spring and i told him i was like i don't know if this is the right thing to do but i said if you put an arrow through him as soon as it hits him i'm i'm coming out of this bush at at a lightning speed and i'm gonna jump on that bird <laughs> you put the like, I just told him, and i mean is, he shot that turkey and i heard that arrow whack, and i went usain bolt and i was on that gobbler in five <laughs> seconds Right. And so I didn't and know I mean, it, that it, worked it, for all, us. Right. And, and and if he'd have shot him back in the gut and he did and he did not mess with his legs, you'd have probably that turkey had been whatever county y'all are in, he probably would have lit down in the next county. So it's all relative to when you make that shot, where do you see the air hit? Is he stumbling? If he's stumbling, I know I got in that thigh and I'm on him. I'm on him as quick as possible. Is it necessary always? No, but I just like to get my hands on the prize as quick as possible yeah a lot less and i don't like the turkey to suffer not one second longer than he has to yeah. so it's a respect deal i mean i know that might sound like a double standard but all intents and purposes i put it where it needs to be the turkey's probably unconscious somewhat but i don't like seeing them flop i don't like ruining their feathers i want to be on them quick i want to grab them right by the head and i can yank one time and he's he's over it's yeah. done there's no, I know he's not going to trip anymore. I don't have to, I can enjoy my experience that he gave me. Well, that was one of my questions that I was going to ask was, you know, what's, what's kind of your routine, your typical routine after a shot. 
But the next, the other question that I had for you was after the shot, the turkey's running, he gets out of sight. Give us some tips of where you're looking, where you have found turkeys in the past, you know, once you started looking around for them. What what are some tips for us, not just the bow hunters listening to this or people who want to bow hunt, but the gun hunters too, because, you know, unfortunately, it's a sad, sad day when it happens, but we all have wounded turkeys that have run off. And if we can maybe hear from you what, you know, some of your experiences about where you found some, where you like to look for them when they get out of sight, but you know the direction they've gone, then, you know, somebody can recover one just by listening to this. That's a win. Absolutely, Andy. Uh, you know, brother, I'd say gun hunting for 20 years. I, I've, I've, if you shoot enough turkeys, you're going to miss turkeys. And I don't care what anybody says. I'm not trying to ruffle feathers per se, but, it, you know, if you shoot at enough turkeys, you're going to miss turkeys. I try to show in my channel me when I'm struggling because I think it shows the reality of what this is. Let's not make this sound that it's sunshine and rainbows because it's not. Um, and even with a gun, before I was filming, I had shot turkeys, Andy, that uh, flew, flew off, flew straight line. And uh, I have always just been one to just exhaust every effort. It's almost mm-hmm. like that TK and Mike video with the deer hunting where he shoots at the deer and he's just like, we will find him. <laughs> I mean, that's me. That, yeah. That's me. And I know I, I'm just going to exhaust every effort to find a turkey. And I found them that I peppered and pelleted and they flew across the field. And I went in a normally, typically, wherever you see that turkey flying, if you'll take a straight line, from where he flew, he's going to stay straight. He's not going to veer left or right like he's looking for somewhere to land. He's normally going to go straight. And I've found him 200 yards in the woods from the end of the field where he flew 400 yards. And I went straight and found a turkey before with a gun. Um, I've peppered him, had a turkey one time, popped up in a field in Jenkins County, climbed a pecan tree, saw a turkey around a cove in a cotton field hit the down the back side of the cove, worked up to him, cut at him, gobbled, sat right down right there. Here he comes, looking for the source of the sound, comes around the corner, and he about stepped on me. I should have shot him right when he came around the crest, and I didn't. And he about stepped on me, and I shot him and got into him. But like you say, he started running. Mm-hmm. So at that point, I just ran after him, and I was able to, to get him. But typically, if they're running, it's not a good thing. If you got a turkey and he's running, that's not a good thing. With a gun, I'd say chase. If you shoot a turkey with a bow and he's just running and he's not flying and he's simply just running and you don't see that he's tripping, if he's not tripping and he's running, you need to back out. You need to back up. Because more than likely, if he's not tripping and you haven't got that thigh, you're probably in the gut. Uh, If you hit him high, he's probably going to fall right there. So if you hit a turkey and he's running, that could only mean one thing. Typically, you've probably either missed, scuffed him, or you've hit him back. If you hit a turkey in the gut, the best thing to do is to back out. Uh, What he's going to do, he's going to run out there. He's not going to take a straight line. He's going to go wherever he feels he can get safe. If it's a blowdown, he's going to go straight to a blowdown. If it's open woods, he's going to go, if it's hilly, he's going to go in open woods, and he's going to look for like a knoll. And he's just if there's nothing to hide in, he's going to go on a, just on the other side of that knoll and he's going to lay up mm-hmm. uh and a, a gut turkey is a tough thing man it's I, I i had one like that last year in new york 
and I got the turkey, and I was very fortunate, but, yeah, it was just my error. It was, it was stupid on me. It's my fault. I got the turkey, but I backed out, and that's where the turkey was. He was right on the other side of that little hill. So that's what I would tell people is, I mean, and I think, honestly, there's just as many probably gun shot turkeys with especially this TSS that's out now. I never shot it. It came along way after I had gun hunted. Uh, but I think there's a lot of turkeys that are dead that end up flying that people just don't look for. Um, and so if you see a turkey fly, you need to take a straight line from where he flew. Yeah, yeah. that's interesting. So how long would you typically back out before going to look for a turkey? Well, that's, a, that's, interesting. that's an interesting point, Cameron, because, you know, last year I shot a turkey forward. I still was in vitals. It all happened so fast, man. I was in Ohio. I struck a turkey. I had been scouting in the rain the day before, found a, I cut a good track. I knew there was a gobbler in there. I had had problems with pressure on another WMA. So I went to this place, and I was just trolling for turkeys. Just, you know, whatever you want to call it, just trying to strike something. And I struck a turkey way across the creek, and I just kind of worked to him. And I sat down in a little blowdown and got set up. And I didn't know I had two gobblers that was following me the whole time I was working the bottom. And I hadn't got sat down two minutes. And here they come. And uh, it just happened quick, and I shot hit him forward and he ran and i knew he wasn't tripping he wasn't stumbling he was running good and uh he ran off out of sight not a straight line like i said turkey he's not running a straight line he'll fly a straight line he ain't gonna run one and uh i waited two three hours reviewed the footage could tell i hit forward knew i was in the crawl some lung but he had those legs under him and i i just about picked up that wma and shook it looking for that turkey <laughs> i finally went back to the truck because i sleep in my truck you know i just sit in the i sleep in the back seat prop my legs up on the window a bunch of pillows back there and ac running and i took a nap and uh i just kind of to be honest with you just prayed to god and said this is your plan i'm cool with it i know i screwed up I feel terrible, but uh, if it be your will, let me find this turkey tomorrow. And I was thinking tomorrow morning I was going to go back in there again where I could see better. Y'all, I woke up at about 11 p.m. from my nap, <laughs> and I just had the thought come across my mind that I shoot light and knock. Jordan, you might want to get up and go back to where you uh -huh. already looked because that light and knock should be still shining. It's got a 24-hour bulb. And... Honestly, y'all, it was a God thing because, I mean, I didn't have that thought. I just had that thought out of nowhere after I had prayed before I took my nap. And it was special. I'll tell you all that. It, it was probably the most special memory I've ever had in the woods, just being in the dumps. I mean, being in the lowest low you could be, driving all that way, spending all that time and effort for no reward to only screw it up and then to have that epiphany. You need to go back to where you've already looked. And I went out there. I went straight to where I had shot the turkey. And before I even got to the where I had set up, I could look up on the ridge where I'd already been. And the gobbler, I could see the light of knot right there. That's crazy. That's awesome. What a story. I walked, I'm telling you, what a story. And I walked up there and picked up my turkey. <laughs> Man. That's crazy. So it's just, it's a learning I learned, I mean, I learned something. I'm learning something. If you're not learning anything every year, then you're not paying attention because I'm learning something. I'm trying to take something away from every hunt every every year. 
Yeah, yeah. Man, that's a. I, I would. I bow hunt turkeys again. I'm gonna put a lighted knock on my arrow specifically because you said that. I mean, if you shot one in the afternoon and he ran off, that actually would be an excellent strategy for finding your bird. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I'm gonna start using lighted TSS in my shotgun shells. <laughs> That's it. Well, that stuff's pretty—I hear that stuff's pretty mean, so you probably won't need it, (laughs) Andy. But, yeah, I I hear that stuff's pretty effective these days. Maybe plutonium shells. There you go. There you go. I won't won't go into further detail on something that I think I believe Cameron had mentioned before on somebody that shot a turkey uh, about a football field. But um, times have have changed on us in the turkey world. Yeah, Yeah. they have. They have. And I believe that, let me say this too, I believe there's a lot of good turkey hunters that they use it because they respect that turkey and they know that that that's going to be very effective and ethical to to kill that turkey quick. And I I wholeheartedly respect that. Unfortunately, there's a few that can ruin the objective for a lot um, if we let it, but I say we focus on the positive. Yeah. yeah. Andy just uses it so he can text me and say I shot him at 125 yards. That's his favorite part. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Flying. <laughs> we know Andy me. don't doesn't do that. Do, yeah. do Flying not, amongst amongst a flock of hens at 100 yards. Do not do that if you're listening to this show. Cameron is joking. <laughs> that does not happen just in real up. life. Please do not try to shoot at a turkey with TSS or anything period even a rifle (laughs) at 125 yards please do not there you go you know i saw a guy shoot i'm not gonna name who it was it doesn't matter but i I saw a guy shoot at it he killed a turkey at 90 something yards and i'm just you know i I just feel like we've got a way in a sense of what it's about you know to me archery archery is not about how far we can kill one. It's not about that we're Robin Hood. To me, for for me, I, I got to say this, for me, it's about how close I can get and the experience that I can milk out of that turkey's life. Because let's just be honest, that turkey's given us his life. That's a living, breathing animal uh, that God created. And so I want to respect that. And I want to, you know, just try to soak up every bit of that that I can in a positive way. And I just don't, me personally, I just don't, see a lot of positive uh for taking that kind of shot there's a lot that can happen uh at those types of distances on either side of the spectrum totally agree yeah hey on on a typical archery gut shot turkey how much time would you give that turkey what what how long do you think it takes them to to die from that it can take a while you know it's like a deer a gut shot deer I know there's some trackers that might say they don't do this or that. That gut matter get causes blood poisoning, which is called septicemia. Mm-hmm. Uh, it causes an animal to be dehydrated, and so they typically will go to water. A turkey doesn't do that, really. I hadn't seen that happen on the few that I have gut shot. Uh, I gut shot one. He flew on me, and he took a straight line. I walked it out 200 yards. He was just graveyard dead. I got a little something else. Other than good, I guess, this other one in New York, I waited around, you know, I don't know, I, I want to say four, six hours, something like that. But I'd say six hours would be a good guess on a gut shot turkey. Yeah. Well, that's longer than I would have thought. Yeah, that's probably about what, what I was, you know, what I was thinking. That's 
you know, well, y'all four, deer hunt a lot more than me, so I don't. Yeah, I was gonna say I'd I'd give a deer four to six hours, and you know, if it's an evening afternoon slash evening hunt, I'm not gonna look for that deer. If I know he's got shot, I'm not gonna look for that deer that night. I'm looking for him the next morning. I mean, Jordan, and can that you would be a, can, go can ahead, you, Cameron. Can you blood trail a turkey? Or I mean, are you when you go back in there looking? Are you just looking where you think he should be? Well, knock on wood. Most of the time, when I shoot a turkey, most of the time, there's no trailing. Um, yeah, I'm saying if you had rare, to. Right, right. Very, very rarely have I trailed a turkey. As a matter of fact, I can think of one out of, uh, I mean, I'd have to count it up. But, I mean, one, I, I can tra- I've trailed one turkey. I've trailed one turkey. Well, I, that's a lie. I've trailed two. The one in New York was a gut shot. I trailed two turkeys in eight years, seven, seven, eight years. I'd have to look at the math there. Uh, we're getting back to math. Which, let's be honest, not my forte. But two, two over a good many that I have actually had to trail. So probably not going to happen too often that you have to trail anything. Typically, you're either going to, you're talking about a softball. You're talking about a softball, vital, or a little bigger. If you factor in, you got some thigh to work with. If you break down the thigh, that turkey's not going anywhere. Right. Yeah. You could break down the thigh on a not even lethal hit. You could break the thigh. That's your turkey. Because if he can't, if he don't have thighs, he's not going to be able to pitch up off the ground and fly. And so if he can't run, he can't run. And he can't fly. You got him by the neck. You just run up there, grab him by the neck, and yank on him one time, and that turkey's dead in point two seconds. Hmm. So the thigh is the key. Interesting. And I'm not advocating for people to shoot turkeys in the thigh. I'm saying <laughs> center mass. It sounds worse when you say it that way. <laughs> right. Center mass in between the leg, bronze pad. Top of the bronze pad, in between the leg, center mass. That's the shot I want. I want a turkey to, I mean, I've, like I say, this, this year, just for the, I mean, honestly, I'd say that hunting turkeys with a decoy might be sometimes harder. If you're not using a strutter with any kind of rig thing on it, if you're using just a hen, if you're using yeah. just a jake, it's not got any go-go gadget stuff going on um i'd say that might be less effective depending on the turkey i mean there's a lot of turkeys that show up they look at it they say not today i ain't buying it uh i don't want any part of it see ya that happens a lot so i think there's this misconception that with guns yeah decoys can make it easier sometimes with a bow it tends to complicate things because you got to think if if i'm traveling and i've got if i'm traveling to 10 12 states and i'm running around that's something else i got to carry y'all that's a pain in the tail Mm -hmm. i got to carry i got to rig it up to where i can clip it in my vest and i got to carry it everywhere i'm not the kind of hunter that's going to sit around and wait on a turkey that can be effective you could set up in places where he can see a long way you can set up you can exploit his tendencies to be seen by hens and field setups where he's going to go to the top side of a hill of the field and strut to be seen you can set up places like that where you can see the decoy a long way i don't really use strutters as much i like to be mobile and use a jake or a hen nowadays but uh there's times when this you know the wind can hit the fan on a strutter right and it turns and you can have a turkey that just wants to commit suicide and run all the way across the field and you shoot him when he turns his fan to you. I mean, that happens. But in all intents and purposes, there's a lot of times using just a jake or a hen where he just he ain't have it. So I've kind of experimented with the factor of being mobile 
covering ground, you know, I said that I like to be patient, but I like to be decisive as well. Every turkey tells you what he wants, and that's dictated by what he's telling you your next chest move to make. So if I'm having to lug around some big strutter and a bunch of decoys and then have to go out there past my setup to put it out, I'm I'm just creating more opportunity for a turkey to see me. I'm putting myself further from the visual of where I'm actually at. I actually ditched them this year traveling, and I kind of got away from it for necessity that I needed to just make things happen. And the footage would suffer, and it did suffer. I got something, but half the turkeys I shot were just with a bow with no blind and no decoy, just hunting that turkey on his terms. And and honestly, I hate to say it, but it might have been easier. I didn't have to worry about crawling out there. Uh, I didn't have to expose myself. It's just that old school approach that I'm used to, which is just let that turkey come find you. Yeah, yeah. That's That's, interesting. That's impressive feat, no doubt. (laughs) Well, I I think it's it's one of those things where I don't think people tried enough, and um, I don't think they're like, y'all know, y'all gun hunt turkeys, and you know that, you know, you want to create a conversation with a turkey and create mystery with him, and you want to let him come find you and look for the source of that sound. And that all revolves around your setup. I mean, setup is everything. Setup is the number one thing to turkey hunting, period. You could be a horrible caller, but make a cluck or two and know when to do it and have the right setup and kill a lot of turkeys if you pick the right setup. So, you know, I think it, it has to do with a lot of people just don't think it's possible, but they experience it with a gun. You know, I experienced yeah. it with a gun for 20 years doing it that way. So why not do it with a bow? I mean, is it harder? Yes, but it's as simple as just draw when he goes behind a tree. He's doing the same thing. Right. What's different? I mean, it, it seems like a, a Mount Everest. When you think about hunting a turkey with a bow without a blind and no decoys, it seems like Mount Everest. But but when you do it and you just hunt the same way you've hunted with a shotgun, it's as simple as he, like I had a turkey in New Hampshire. I could tell you more about this story because it's a pretty crazy one, but only if y'all want to because I know I'm, I'm running the time up. But I had a turkey in New Hampshire, and basically I, I screwed the pooch on, on the on the fly-down setup. I was, had been thinking about a gun so much because I'd shot one in in Massachusetts, without with the same way, bow no decoy. I shot one in West Virginia on that run, bow no decoy, and I was kind of on a on a burner, and I was feeling it, you know. And I set up off the roost, textbook turkey pitched off the ridge to roost. He's gonna pitch back on the ledge, textbook hill country turkey setup. Uh, didn't get tight enough. Had two people come in on me, waved them off. They turned around, and turkey flew down. He was like forty. And that's back to your not losing turkeys. I could have shot at that turkey. I've went 1,600-something miles to this to that state for one goal. And I had searched for four days and seen nothing but jakes. Apparently, those people like to shoot turkeys off the road. And they had, because there was no gobblers anywhere. I swear I was hunting the only long beard in, in that area of the state. And I didn't t- elect to take that shot, because I owe it to that turkey to make a good shot. And uh, he went off of that branch. There's two fields, one to the right, one to the left. I literally just sat in the woods and waited for those hens to leave him. And about two hours later, he started gobbling. And he started gobbling in the, in the right field. So I just slithered down to a rock outcrop on the edge of the field, got into position, where he would have to come around the rocks to find me. And when he gobbled, I cut to him to answer him and yelped, and I shut up. And I didn't say another word for 45 minutes. 
And 45 minutes later, he came looking for me. And when he went behind the rock, I drew, he popped out, saw something wasn't right, went back behind the rock, decided he needed to get another peak, and um, and I shot him right there. Wow. I like Persistence that. Persistence pays. That's for sure. How much... Ah, uh, beat you to it. How, how much do you think adding that third dimension in your camouflage with the ivy helps you out i think it i think it does if you're using a decoy if you're not if you're not using a decoy let's be honest i mean the camouflage we have today the ability to blend into your surroundings is good enough to where if he's coming on a march and he goes behind a big old cypress or goes behind a big old white oak or something like that or comes behind a rock you can see him when he's coming he can't see you and he goes behind that object that's your draw mm-hmm. it's the same way with like a decoy you've got a decoy out there you're waiting for him to strut or turn or block himself from you when you draw i've never drawn on a turkey when he's committed to me some people that's their jam that's not me when i've filmed with the big camera is normally when i use a decoy when i'm trying to get good footage or whatever that's kind of my that style's kind of i'm fizzling away from that just because i enjoy my own experience more when i don't use a decoy nothing against the decoy i've used them with a bow fun i'm not saying i won't use one next year i might but i enjoy it more when I don't have to carry all that stuff and I can just, you know, let that natural object be my fan, so to speak, that his own fan that blocks him, that would be like a tree. Mm-hmm. So I guess, Andy, that's kind of, that to answer y'all's question, that's kind of how I see it. Hopefully that answers your question. It does help when a turkey's interacting with something like that. I mean, they're looking, y'all already know this, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir. They're looking at something all the time. I mean, they, they can see anything. That ivy does help you to, I use a green leafy suit. I, I think the green leafy suit probably helps me more than anything because the bow is only just the string going back. The green leafy suit I wear is probably more important because that's on my body. And my body's going to be doing more of the moving. Mm-hmm. So the green leafy that I found, I just found it on the internet one day. I've been using it ever since. It's called Arcturus. It's the Arc, A-R-C. I have no affiliation with these folks. T-U-R-U-S. It's a green leafy suit called Summer Green. And uh, that sucker right there definitely helps. And uh, and I wear it. Even when I'm not using a decoy, using a decoy, I, I use it. Because I, I think, to answer your question, it does help. Yeah. Cameron, do you remember your question? Are you pulling an old man like me and forgetting it? <laughs> no, I remember it. I know this is going to change with every turkey and every setup, but ideal setup for, because one thing I noticed with the bow hunting this fall is trying to get comfortable, you know, where you can sit still and, and wait, especially in the fall, because you might be there for hours. And in the spring, that happens too. Are you standing behind a tree? Are you kneeling? Like, how do you sit or stand? Of course, you have a camera too, but let's take the camera out of it. How are you ideal set up? You know, if you had plenty of time to choose everything, whatever, how do you usually approach it? You get behind a tree? You know, I have had turkeys where I sat out in the middle of something. I don't like, I like to hide in just natural vegetation if I can. The biggest thing to set up with a bow is your backdrop. The backdrop is the key to blindless bow hunting turkeys. You know, nothing against sitting in a blind, but let's just be honest. I, I, I think there's a disconnect for me just trying to run this through my head. 
as an outsider. Um, we want to make it harder for ourselves, and we want to have a different experience, so we're going to hunt a turkey with a bow. But yet, what is a turkey's main defense? A buck's main defense is his nose. A turkey's main defense, we all know, is his eyes. If I'm sitting in a blind, I have, at that point, totally eliminated that turkey's main defense. But then I'm going to shoot him with a bow. So I'm not saying it's wrong to do that. I'm not saying there's anything bad about that. For me, that's the feeling I'm chasing is being in his environment, letting him use his main defense against me. And the way I do that is just to have a good backdrop, tuck in some vegetation, and every little move you make. I mean, I've had red light, green light matches with turkeys so many times where it's like he gets up there, and I'm still on the camera. And you're saying there's no camera here, so let's just say I'm on the boat. And then I'm trying to get my release on, or I'm trying to get that moment where I can draw the boat. Um, that backdrop matters a lot. Because he's if, if you got a backdrop and your back's to something that's bushy and green, it just sells it more to that turkey that that's a bird or that's, that's something rustling in the ground over there. A limb fell off a tree and hit a limb and it moves, if you're sticking out in the wide open with no backdrop, he's going to smell that, like, <laughs> he's going to smell that quick. So hopefully that answers your question. You know, it's just, it's about his main defense, and it's about exploiting it in a way that you can kind of conceal yourself in a way that, that he'll just not sell it off as a red flag. You're looking for orange flags. You, you don't... You don't want that red flag. That red flag goes off. There's a lot of not good things happening in the in the next seconds that transpire after there. Yeah. So you are standing, though. No, I'm sitting. I'm sitting on my butt for a low profile, and I'm trying to get my I'm trying to get backed up into some cover. I could be on a tree, you know, an oak tucked up in some logs. I could have a bush behind me over my draw arm where I'm kind of silhouetted with some extra green stuff behind me okay i'll cut sometimes I'll, sometimes i'll cut some stuff and put it behind me not around me as a blind but i'll just put it behind me yeah. where my bows kind of concealing breaking up my outline and the the back cover is huge the back cover is more important than anything in front of you i believe well yeah i mean that's you know even gun hunting typically sit on the front of the tree with your knees in front of you you know so it's breaking up that outline's huge right absolutely interesting that's that's about all I got. I think I've, I've answered a lot of bow questions for myself because I'm going to definitely try it again next fall. And so now I know aim only for the thigh, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> no. <laughs> bronze pad, top of the bronze pad, center mass is center mass between the, the legs. Between the legs and wait for that quarter and away shot. That's the one you're going to want. Well, he'll probably be running away, but we'll <laughs> hopefully he'll stop for a second. No, you'll be good. You 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 got it figured out enough to where I I, I fully expect you to uh, put one down for sure. Jordan, um, I've been waiting on him to do it for years now. I, I just I don't know. I'm I'm giving up on him. Well, you might be well, right. He, he can do it. <laughs> do you well, use listen, a, use a people, compound though, right, Jordan? I do. I'm not good enough, and don't claim to be anywhere near good enough to hunt one with a recurve. I think it's. it's I haven't ever shot a recurve. I don't even deer hunt with a recurve. I haven't killed enough big deer to even think about picking up a recurve. I like the chase of a big deer with a compound, so that's. I, I'm no expert bow hunter. I know my limitations. Maybe one day I'll get steep enough for my own right to fool with it. 
I do have a self bow coming. I got a self bow coming. It probably won't ever come out. It's probably more or less just to tinker with. Yeah, I'm I'm not in that place at at this point. I, I thought I I thought I was one time, had a decent little year. Don't get to hunt that much as much as I'd like. Last year I got to really have my dream season where I got to hunt more than I've ever hunted. Normally I'm limited to travel, not able to. I switched career paths in order to turkey hunt more and I was able to hunt more. But a year or two before that, had a decent year, thought that I might entertain shooting a turkey in Georgia, one of my turkeys with a recurve, and I proceeded to have the worst year of turkey hunting in Georgia I've ever had with a compound. I mean, it was so bad, y'all. I missed like five turkeys in two days. Wow. That sounds fantastic. Yeah, it was not much to I mean, it was so bad to the point where the second day, the third after the third turkey I had missed, or the fourth turkey I had missed, I'd missed him that evening. I'd found another, roosted another turkey that night for the next morning, just to make the fifth turkey set up on him the next morning. He comes out in the field, starts walking away from me. Well, what he was doing, he was walking the hill of the field to see the decoy better. Well, I thought he was going away from me, so I decided to get rogue with it and just grab my bow and try to yelp him up and leave the whole setup behind. When I got over there where he was supposed to be, guess where he was? Strutting around the decoy? Yeah. All over the decoy. Yeah. So I crawl 300 yards down a private thicket all the way up to like 40 yards, yelp a little bit, just enough for him to strut close to me and flat out miss the joker with my last arrow. Mm. It was so humiliating that the turkey went back into a thicket, spitting and drumming for an hour. I crawled 40 yards across the clear cut, found my arrow stuck in a log, and proceeded to pull it out of the log and knock it back up and almost (laughs) got another shot of the turkey. So my point is, once you think you got it figured out, you're susceptible to nuclear, fully involved dumpster fire. <laughs> that, uh, I, I happen that's to agree hunting. with that statement. Yeah, that's turkey hunting right there. Yep, you betcha. So you don't have you won't have to look towards uh, any recurve posts from me anytime soon. <laughs> there you go. Well, I asked that because some of the old timers, it seemed like when they. I read a lot of books, and then when they talk about bow hunting, a lot of them suggest recurve over compound. Of course, compound bows now are significantly better than they were then, but they liked how they didn't have that break in the draw, and you could just point and shoot kind of better, I guess, for those. But they're probably more practiced with recurve than we are these days. We don't. Nobody really uses them. Yeah, I've, I tell you what, anybody that runs around there with a bow, with a recurve or a longbow with no blind and no decoys and goes and has a bunch of success, I my hat's off to him. That's one bad man. <laughs> I don't have to know him to respect him. Yeah. I already know that's you know that's that's insanity. If it was defined in Webster's, it would be whoever that person is. <laughs> There's somebody out there. I'm sure they will. Maybe if you're that person, send us a message. We'd like to interview. You. Yeah, <laughs> we would love to talk to you. I would like to hop on that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you thank you jordan for coming on and, and talking about bow hunting turkeys and letting us get to know you some and sharing some cool stories about turkeys in the past you've known and we really appreciate you taking that time to talk to us absolutely oh, absolutely man most definitely it's, it's a blast to talk turkeys with y'all at a time where uh, seems like it's a long way away but it'll be here before we know it no doubt
talking about them helps it seem closer all the time. So we sure appreciate it. Yep. I enjoyed it a lot. Thanks, Jordan. Yes, sir. See you later. Have a great night. Yeah, you too. All right. Bye. Another great guest for the show, man. Yeah. Thank you for the suggestion. Yeah. We we had a listener came in with that suggestion, Matthew Newton. So thank you for suggesting Jordan with close proximity. We're excited to have him on. Yes. Yes, indeed. Somebody took our, Somebody took the favor of the week to heart last week. <laughs> yeah, you know we got we got several recommendations, and hopefully we can be yeah. getting some of those folks on the show. Yeah, we had a recommendation for a, a golfer who turkey hunts. I think that was and cool. And I've I've reached out to him, have not heard back, so no guarantees we'll get him. He's pretty big time, so who knows? But had him. We've had a caller who we've had suggested. We we had quite a few suggestions come in this week, so we surely appreciate that because we we like to know who you want to hear. And then we try to go get them. Absolutely. Yeah. So you want to make that the favor of the week again this week? Yeah. Yeah. That sounds good. Especially for these, you know, fall months. It's good to really, I, I enjoy talking to new people and there's plenty of guests I'd love to have back on, but it, it's always nice to get new suggestions and have new guests because you never know what kind of information they're going to bring. So that's the favor of the week again this week. So true. And, you know, you mentioned this last week, even if it's a guy that lives down the street or that you're just good buddies with who has an awesome story, a very cool story and is a great storyteller, that yeah. makes, that person makes a great guest for the show. And you guys, I've mentioned this, I can't tell you how many times in the past, you guys listening to this show are some of the best turkey hunters in the country. And I will promise you, if you think just your average Joe won't make a good guest on this show, we get some of the best tips and information from some of the just average Joes that come on this show. And so don't feel oh, like, absolutely. yeah, don't feel like your hunting buddy that has a great story to tell and is a good storyteller would not be a great guest because I will promise you we can all learn something from each other. So absolutely. That's, that that's why it's the Turkey Hunter podcast, man. This isn't the Turkey Pros podcast. Exactly. Yeah. We're, we're here for, we want to talk to all, you know, world champion turkey callers down to the guy that has a cool story. No doubt about it. And you can learn something from everybody. No doubt. Well, That's Jordan, if you're listening to this, thank you for your time the other evening. We enjoyed having you on the show. Would love to have you yeah. back on sometime again soon. Hey, Audrey, Cameron, same prayers for you guys. You know, it, it's surely appreciate not, it. Not too early, but oh, we're we're nine days out, man. Yeah, from so, due date, so we're. Ready to launch. We're could, excited. Could be any time now. So same prayers for you guys. And, you know, Tammy and I are here to help you guys out in any way possible. You just let us know what we can do. We know you have a big support net there at home, but you've also oh, yeah. got family in Birmingham and we're a short four hour drive away. So just say the word. There you go. Absolutely. Well, I surely appreciate it and appreciate any prayers from our listeners. And we'll keep you updated on that. If you're following me on social media, I'm sure you'll see a picture once once things go down. Yes, sir. Well, let's stick a fork in this one. All right, wrap it up. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. We know that you have choices. We appreciate you spending your time with us. We hope you have a wonderful week, and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. 
to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.